When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank, and oh, do we have a ton to get to on the show today. CeeDee Lamb is a Dallas Cowboy drafted with the 17th pick in the first round. We'll talk about CeeDee to Dallas and Kenneth Murray as he projected in a tweet. The moment he stepped on campus, K9 will be throwing up stop signs all over the AFC West as he was drafted in the first round by the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll hear from Brian Odom and Dennis Simmons coming up in the first part of the podcast. And after our sponsor spotlight shines on the great people at Jason's Deli, Roy Manning will preview what could happen tonight or tomorrow for Parnell Motley. And we'll go in-depth on Neville Gallimore with his position coach, Calvin Thibodeau. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. We appreciate our great presenting partners, Allstate and Riverwind. The Sooner Sports Podcast today also brought to you in part by Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting good retailer of Oklahoma Athletics, AT&T, America's best network, Metroplex Electric. We can be your electrician. Well, we all settled in last night thinking that we were going to be watching C.D. Lamb as the first receiver off the board. But John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders pulled quite the surprise whenever they decided to go with Henry Ruggs III with the 12th overall pick in the draft, which slid C.D. Lamb a little bit lower. But guess what? The Dallas Cowboys pounced, and understandably so. 
Afterwards, as you might imagine, uh, Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones, all pretty fired up about getting CeeDee Lamb in Dallas. This gave us a chance to get a player that uh, you normally uh, don't see that can be that kind of playmaker. Put him on the other side of Cooper out there. Work that with uh, what else we're going to do. Of course, uh, Mike McCarthy is about to swallow his tongue in there. He's so excited about it. (laughs) I would be too. I would be too. Wow, what a fit, man. So CD goes to Dallas. We're going to hear from CD, we hope, on the Monday podcast. But just before the draft, we had a chance to talk to Dennis Simmons and get his perspective on what it meant to coach a guy like CD Lamb and what stood out about the sooner now Dallas Cowboy. Uh, probably the first time I watched his film. Uh, you know, he was both physical in, in the run game. He was a very unselfish player. And then, I mean, he was, he just dominated. I mean, obviously, the things that he do after the catch, you saw a lot of that uh, in high school as well. When was that moment whenever you realized that it wasn't just an elite talent coach but a next-level talent? Was there a play in a game? Was there a moment in film beyond just what you had seen coming in? Uh, I think it was more after, you know, we got to know each other, talking with him, and just – uh, being around him that you knew that, you know, his drive and his work ethic was was on another level. You and I had a great opportunity during the coaches shows to talk about his commitment to blocking and being a true team player. Can you take us somewhat inside those meeting rooms and just what that personality of CD was like and how he was as a teammate and as a guy to coach? Well, I mean, him, uh, Marquise, all of those guys were guys that were very competitive and, you know, he, he took it personal. Like if one of those guys or, you know, a guy a running back or somebody else broke and his guy made the play. So, I mean, you knew that uh, he wanted to do everything he could to help the team uh, win, uh, help the offense uh, advance the football and just be an all around complete player. Uh, You know, we talk about it from time to time, you know, if you're at this level, all receivers catch the ball. What can you do after you catch it? That's what makes you special. And, you know, he he really bought into that as well as the rest of the guys in the room. And, and you know, you, you saw what he did on Saturdays. They, some of the guys, I'm a draft dork. I love everything about this coach. They refer to him as the rack guy, the run after catch guy. And he's special there. But I don't think people truly have comprehended just how special of a receiver he is all around. If we try to label someone, I think we're missing the point with how complete CD is as a receiver, don't you? Yeah, I mean, he can line up at any receiver spot on the field. He can run all of the routes. Um, obviously, he's gonna he's got a great catch radius, so he's going to make the catch. And then he's got that ability to, you know, take a five-yard play and, and convert it into something that's explosive. I, I don't want to count our pardon the Easter pun, but eggs before they're hatched or anything of that nature, Coach. But when you look at what you've been able to produce at the receiver position, seeing Marquise go in the first round last year, even with the foot injury and what he did his rookie year, uh, now with CD likely being a first-round pick, says something pretty special is going on here at Oklahoma at that receiver position in this offense, doesn't it? It's just, you know, you definitely – I've definitely been blessed uh, Then you know, what we do offensively is uh, a style of play that showcases those guys' abilities and God-given talent. So, I mean, you know, if you look back to even, you know, with 
with DD and 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 Shep and and some of the other guys, they've all had a chance to you know be able to get out there and and, and showcase what what God's blessed them with the ability to do. Great fit, man. Great fit for CD Lamb in Dallas. Thanks to Dennis Simmons, and I love the video in his living room, seeing the celebration whenever he saw his guy CD go in the first round. Back to back first round picks for the Sooners at the wide receiver position for the first time in a minute. A defensive player goes in the first round for Oklahoma as Kenneth Murray is on his way to the Los Angeles Chargers. How badly did the Chargers want Kenneth Murray? Well, they traded back into the first round, gave up their second and third round picks to get K-9. We talked to Brian Odom about K-9 and his impact on the Sooner Nation. Can you take us through what you saw from the growth in Kenneth Murray in his uh, only season that he got to play with you? It was pretty impressive the strides he made on the field, was it not? Yeah, I think so. I think that there was a there was a conscious effort and a detailed effort on on identifying, you know, some things that that we wanted to that he wanted to improve from a year ago. Um, you know, I, I I made a made a point to not watch a lot of stuff from the past uh, as we move forward, and and you know, he kind of identified some things he wanted to get better with. And, and generally speaking, just being able to coach guys through just certain things, um, a lot of it clicked for him. And then, you know, I just – I think just him having an understanding of, of where he's supposed to fit and knowing the defense as well as he did in a short amount of time, I think that that, that helped uh, a lot with his, with his improvement. I find it fascinating that if you can say this is a knock, one of the things you hear is when people say, well, he just loves football too much. I mean, that, <laughs> what a knock. What What's a, a wild yeah. thing to say. But he's in the film, man. He's he's in it. He loves the game. It's not an act, is it? No, I don't think so. And he's 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 really intelligent. He's got a lot of, of, of ball awareness and, and intelligence. Um, but he loves watching film. He'll spend a lot of time – you know, throughout every day, being able to do that. And, um, and you know, it's it's one of those deals where you draw up a linebacker, height, speed, weight, strength, um, uh, the ability of him that, that he wants to be coached. It's You can't draw him up much better than that, you know, and a guy that, that is humble enough to, to um, you know, submit to coaching and, and, and actually listen to it and try to improve from it. I think I think he's – I've said it many times. I think the dude is very rare. What's the biggest question you get from, say, GMs or coaches when they're asking about Kenneth? You know, some of it I think is uh, is all of it really true. You know, all the stuff you hear is it. You know, is it? It's the kind of because a lot of it sounds like a little bit of a, a made up. You know, a little bit fabricated stories here and there. And you know, it's it's so funny because it's like no, it's like. It's not, it's not, it's not, that's not, that's not, he's not a fraud, man. It's, it's the real deal. And, uh, it's, it's a very rare possibility to get around a guy like that, you know, and I think further than that, you know, they'll ask questions about, um, you know, scheme and how well he's able to recall stuff and, um, you know, like in-game adjustments, how is he on being able to, you know, handle any kind of adjustments and, and, and also, you know, they ask about being able to regurgitate what they saw on the field, you know, um, what plays within that series. Could could you sit there and talk about it with him on the sidelines? And, um, obviously, that, that was a, a big plus for Kenneth. 
that that was something I guess never really registered to me covering it, but being around Teddy for the last, you know, eight, nine years, you need that as a coach. You need someone out there on the field that can bring you the information from what he's seeing. And what I gathered from you, Coach, Kenneth was really good at that. Yeah, you know, really, to be honest with you, it was the, the whole group, everybody that played, I was impressed with those guys coming in. And I think that's a tribute to uh, what we look at throughout the week, um, what we're anticipating and the the repetitions that we get we get within our defense and it's not just Kenneth it's all of them but to to it's very very valuable for a group of guys to be able to come on the sideline tell me what you know on the on the third down in that series what kind of blocking scheme do they run on the on the um, pass uh, protection uh, or you know the first play of the series you know we had a call made and, and they ran a power what, what you know, what, what happened in front of you. And also you can kind of, as a coach, you know, you can, you're watching certain things, but also, you know, you got information from upstairs as well for the guys to be able to kind of second that. You know, I, two more, and I'll let you get out of here, coach. You, you mentioned the, the questions of, is it true? You know, but can, can this guy yeah. truly be all of this? What about off the field in the meeting rooms? We, we know he's a film junkie. You've talked about it. He reaches out to former backers like Teddy and, and others that he wants to study with. But what is he like day-to-day? What was he like behind the scenes? You know, uh, one of the things that I brought up the other day with somebody was, you know, he, you know, you get in your kind of uh, routine as a coach throughout the season and you get there early and you kind of you get your cup of coffee and you start watching the certain things that you want to watch you know, in the morning, the thing that, that Kenneth, you know, I think that he made me better in the fact that, uh, you know, unannounced, he would just come in the office, be like, Hey coach, let's watch this, this, or this. So, you know, I always had a game plan ready for, uh, for Kenneth when he came in and, and if he felt like he wanted to watch, you know, just a certain aspect of, of their offense, you know, it's just, you had to be ready for it. And I, I think that, um, you know, within the film room with the group, you know, I think he's a student, you know, he, he, he didn't try to, um, you know, uh, uh, dominate the room in a negative way. He was, he was a listener. He was a note taker. There was never a time that he was in the, in the position meeting room without a, a pen and paper. Um, but just meticulous notes. And he's, He's shown me those quite a few times. It's pretty impressive the things that he does. It's, he's he's truly has made himself a professional, you know, before uh, he got to the NFL. I thought this was pretty cool. K9 is going to come on with us on Monday's podcast, but here was his message to Charger fans last night. Hey, what's up, Charger fans? It's Kenneth Murray here. Um, just wanted to just let y'all know how elated I am to be a Charger. Um, you know, can't wait to get to Los Angeles and get to work. Um, you know, it's going to be a great. I just can't wait to get to work. Bolts up. He's going to be great. Uh, and that's a really nice defense that the Chargers have around him. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. They went out and they got Nick Virgil in free agency. They signed Chris Harris Jr. in free agency as well, too. So really solid fits for Kenneth Murray and C.D. Lamb. Hey, when we come back on the Sooner Sports Podcast, let's dive into what could be on tap for Parnell Motley and Neville Gallimore in the second and third round. Maybe the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds of the NFL draft. Plus, Jalen Hurts. Where could we see the Sooner signal caller end up? 
Sooner Sports Podcast, presented in part by Othello's. They'll be available to operate via carryout. You can order by calling 405-701-4900 or delivery through one of their three delivery partners, DoorDash, Postmates, and Grubhub. Interested in OU football season tickets for the 2020 season? Visit the football ticketing page on Soonersports.com today to fill out an interest form. Don't miss a second of the action. The Oklahoma Blood Institute. Blood can't wait. Go to an Oklahoma Blood Institute donor center today to save a life. And Norman Regional, offering virtual care so you can consult with the doc on your smartphone. Learn more at normanvirtualcare.com or download the app today. Sooner Sports Podcast rolls on as we recap the first round of the draft and we say hello to one of our great partners, Jason's Deli. This is the go-to for my family. Burke Harvey joins us. He is the man when it comes to Jason's Deli. First and foremost, Burke, thank you for joining us. Before we get into Jason's Deli and everything that's been going on with kind of the new normal, let's talk about you personally. How's it been for you, for the family, and obviously having what is probably a little bit more family time on your hands during this time of the year than you ever could have imagined, right? Yeah, it's been crazy, and I'm sure everyone has experienced some level of this, but I've got four kids um, from just graduated from college all the way down to uh, freshmen in high school, and, man, having them all back in the house (laughs) has created a war zone. But there's also some really cool moments, too, um, that, you know, are special that you'll always remember. So it's been tough out there, and it's tough for everybody. Uh, especially them, but uh, we're hanging in, and I think the end is in sight. I think we're close. And, and Jason's Deli is hanging in there as well, too. Have you guys been able to stay open during this? Yeah, so it's, it's crazy um, for all the restaurants. We we are open, no question about it. We've got curbside set up. Um, we've got a super Jason's Deli app where you can place your online orders, pay for it online, literally pull up, and we will have that food run out to your car so we are absolutely open. Now, obviously, our dining rooms are closed. Um, so, you know, that's just the way it is. Everyone's dining rooms are closed, but we are set up to serve you. And we've got a system to do that very well. You know, we, we are kind of the ones that, that started um, catering and delivery in the fast casual segment ahead of everybody else in 1994. So we know what we're doing when it comes to the goes and delivery. And another thing I'd comment on is we deliver. Man. We've got our own delivery drivers, you know, that come to Jason's Deli every day to serve. And I'm also happy to, to announce that we created a partnership with DoorDash because it's our deliveries during the virus have way gone up. And in order to still serve our customers, we partnered with DoorDash to help us execute even more delivery, uh, delivery orders. So, yeah, we're ready to go. And you know what? Business is down. Um, but we're hanging in there. We will hang in there. We will stay open. We'll see it through this. Yeah, I, I, that fires me up. And I'm also intrigued. You talk about how you had your own delivery service. But I'm curious, partnering with DoorDash, is that among a handful of changes to su- survive this craziness? What else have you guys had to adjust? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> the, the biggest thing, when it, I guess it goes off of my mind, is my staff and my people. Gotcha. Um they are our company. Make no doubt about it. They're what make Jason's Deli's great. So one thing we've had is just is the schedule and who gets the hours. Um, we've had to cut a lot of hours, cut a lot of jobs, and I, it hurts my heart. So that's, that's the hardest change I have because our people are our company. Um, 
But when we get back, we're going to have them right back on the clock. We've been able to maintain about 60% of our employees. So cool. Um, I said earlier, I think we're close to, to getting through this virus. And when we do, we will have everyone back. We're communicating with them on a daily basis. Uh, they know that we want them back. They want to be back in the delis and serving. Um, so we're close to being back 100%. But that's that's the biggest change when it comes to staffing and probably the hardest one. Um, we've had people that have worked for us for 20 years. And we're having to say, I'm sorry, we can't give you these hours anymore. Uh, that's the toughest thing. Um, you know, when it comes to operations, obviously with the virus, um, Jason's Deli has always been clean, clean, clean food, clean practices. But we have amped that up uh, times 100 and developed a clean first program. Um, it includes mandatory hand washing when you come in the delis and then on a scheduled basis. We have sanitizing stations throughout the delis. Um, and you know what? Even though it was a tough decision, we're now wearing masks every single day. We've made that mandatory. Um, I just think that's where the world is right now, and I think it's a good decision. Um, uh, you know, I, once we get through this, I hope we don't have to continue to do that, but who knows? That's what we've done right now is to make sure that we are practicing everything we can to be sanitary and safe for our customers and our people. Um, That's awesome. As far as our menu, um, you know, we've had the best salad bar for a long time. We've won awards in all of our three Oklahoma City stores, uh, Norman included. Um, So I hate it that our customers can't come in and make their own salad bars. So just about two weeks ago, we came up with a, what I call a check the box sheet. So if a customer wants to order a salad bar online, we now have a check the box sheet with 40 boxes on it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And we can literally, the customer can check all those boxes. And yes, the customer still isn't making it, but we are making it to their specs. And I promise you, we put it in our big to go, what we call a clamshell. But we pile it high, and man, it's the best. That's the next best thing to making your own, uh, and that's been a huge winner for us. We can do that for deliveries, um, or you can come in the parking lot, place the order right there. We'll give you one of those check the box sheets, and that way you can take, you can still enjoy our great salad bar. I mean, our, it's a signature salad bar. It is. We got, we got to make it available. So that's how we, that's how we've done it. Oh, that's that's so awesome to hear. And uh, listen. Burke, before we let you run, I'm curious, any, any final thoughts, any any words of, I don't know, that we've missed in getting into or kind of encouragement to get through all of this that you've maybe been able to experience you can help pass on to our listeners? We're all going to get through this, uh, everybody. And I would tell you some of the restaurants that haven't been able to stay open, I hope they can get reopened. And when they do, I hope everyone listening to this podcast right now is ordering online from restaurants. And when we get through this and restaurants reopen, man, go see your restaurant. They need it bad. Um, the other thing I would tell you is our goal at Jason's has always been, our number one goal is to make every customer happy. And in this crazy world we live in and how we're having to operate now, we're, we're finding new ways to do that every day, new ways to make the customer happy. But I'll tell you what, when our dining rooms open back up, and that's coming soon. We're going to be re- ready and waiting. I mean, ready and waiting to welcome back and serve our customers. So, um, when when this world clears up and the dust settles and it's coming, get out and eat. 
whether it's Jason's Deli or any other restaurant in our Oklahoma City area, get out and eat. Let's keep, let's let's put them back in good in good standing because they need all the help they can get. Man, great words, Burke. We really appreciate your words. You guys can order online right now at jasonsdeli.com, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for your time today. Outstanding. Have a great day. Be careful. You too. Oh, we appreciate the support of Jason's Deli. All right. How about what's left for the Sooners? Well, we expect to see both Jalen Hurts and Neville Gallimore off the board pretty early here in the second and third round tonight. But what about Parnell Motley? And what about going through this process? We caught up with Sooner cornerbacks coach Roy Manning to get his perspective. Coach, first and foremost, you went through this during your career as a player. I was talking to Tibbs about it. How different have you seen this process in 2020 from what you went through in the early 2000s uh, to eventually land on an NFL roster? Yeah, I, I think it's just uh, it's obviously evolved, you know, and really starting from the type of uh, athlete that, that the league really targets now um, across the board, you know, bigger, longer guys in the secondary and, and, and you know, more athletic and and uh, probably longer guys in linebacker world. I mean, just the athlete, the football player has changed so much and and now you have so many guys that's had success at the NFL level that maybe have went against the grain as far as what the prototypical, uh, you know, the prototypes is for, for this position or that position. And I think they're using uh, some of their knowledge, you know, these last few years and, and, and taking chances on guys more. How much did it help Parnell to still be able to have his pro day before everything shut down in your mind? Gosh, I think it was huge. You know, I, I remember on, on that day, you know, obviously it was a huge turnout and you're talking to guys and the conversation was, hey, I'm heading to this school tomorrow. Hey, I'm heading to this school tomorrow. And literally all those pro days got canceled that next day. And so for him to be able to, you know, um, show himself, you know, and what he's been working at, I think he he hid it at, at, at six foot and 185 or 190, something like that. And I remember some of those guys just saying, you know, they were surprised, you know, that he was that big and ran so well. And I just think it was like huge for him. So really glad he got that opportunity. Where did you see in the time, short time that you got to work with Parnell, where did you see his biggest improvement as this season progressed? I just think um, consistency. I think that, you know, that was the biggest, um, I want to say knock, but that was the biggest thing that I just, uh, her continually come up in the hiring uh, process, just um, from from coaches, from from even opponents, from you know just everyone. Hey, just you know, is this guy going to be consistent at some point? And I think that's the biggest jump he made. You know, I'm not saying by any means I, we've even seen his best yet, but I think that it was something he really wanted to you know go out his senior campaign and say, hey, man, I played. Uh, at a consistent level. And and I think that when he does that, he's as good as anybody. I think it kind of showed um, throughout the year. I mean, some of those receivers he faced, we joke, but, man, he played against the best of the best throughout the Big 12 schedule, man. Those dudes are some elite receivers in this league this year, and not to mention the one we got CD. So uh, I think that's the biggest jump he made just in his consistency. How much did that help him to go up against guys like CeeDee Lamb and go historically Marquise Brown every day in practice? 
I, I would imagine, and again, I, I was just here for this past year, but I would imagine if you're a cornerback, you come to Oklahoma and you played against, you know, Marquise Brown and CeeDee Lamb and D.D. Westbrook and, you know, just name those dudes, you know, left and right, Sterling Shepard. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> so many dudes, man, that has just been so successful at the next level. And these are guys that you're playing against every day. And who's those next guys that, that are young guys now that, that will be, you know, like the CDs and those guys here in the next, you know, year or two. I mean, that's got to pay off. you got to think that playing against the best of the best um, on the opposite side, your opposition, you know, I use that term all the time, iron sharpens iron. It just has to pay big dividends when you get out there on Saturdays and you feel like, you've played against the best of the best Monday through Friday. So final thought, Roy Manning, you know, I've, I've been blessed to cover this team for a while. I had a blast watching you cover you last year and <laughs> seeing Parnell so much fun, but what are, I, I, I bring that up because I love getting to know Parnell, the person and everything that he's overcome and how he's persevered. You know, a guy that three years ago, was benched against Oklahoma State in Stillwater and then came out and might have been the best defensive player on the field hands down when we went back to Stillwater last year. Yeah, what, crazy game. What, what are NFL teams getting in Parnell Motley? What would an NFL team be getting in Parnell Motley, the person and a leader? I think, honestly, I think they're getting a, a fighter, man. I, I, I think that, you know, it's really hard to um, – play at a program as elite as Oklahoma, you know what I mean? And, and, and not experience some adversity, not have your ups and downs and for him to just fight through the way he has over the course of his career. And, and um, like, I, I think, you know, end on a high note, I think that, um, th that you have to take stock in that, you know, and, and it's not a knock on anywhere else, but if you can have success at a program that you'd consider a top, two or three or four program in the country that has to um, abode well in, in terms of, Hey, if you can push through this type of program, you should have no issue adjusting to um, the competition level and the rigors and the pressure that you're going to face in the NFL, which, which is huge, which I know firsthand it's, it's every single day you're fighting for your life. You're fighting for your job, no matter who you are. And I think that those teams can just have confidence that, they're going to have a scrappy dude, man, that absolutely loves to compete. And, uh, and the other thing I think that's an endearing quality that, that you have to have in the secondary that I think Motley does is that, you know, he moves on from a play really fast. And I think that's really important. You know, he may have a, a bad play. He, it, it's not going to haunt him for the next three quarters. You know what I mean? He'll literally – come right back the next snap or the next series like it didn't happen and then I saw that that's something I saw throughout the year and, and I can highlight certain times throughout the season and games where it's like he came back and that's what you want to see man because you're going to get knocked down in our game you're going to get beat at some point you're going to get worked like it's going to happen you just can't play at this high of a level and it doesn't and it's really how you respond and I think that they can they can go all, all their chips in if they're going to get a fighter. Man. And then finally, Calvin Thibodeau, another guy who went through the draft process. He's going to be watching intently tonight to see what happens with Neville Gallimore and how high the Sooner defensive tackle could end up going here this evening. Joined by Calvin Thibodeau, who, by the way, went through this process as a player. 
So tips, I mean, obviously we're in a much different world now, but as you've seen what, what Nev and guys have had to go through, how different is 2020 from what you went through whenever you went through the process of pro days and meetings? Uh, completely different in the sense of the, the, the emergence of social media and just, you know, you can see highlight tapes. You can see, you can get so much more information to the fans uh, and, and to the scouts so much quicker. So uh, completely different. You know, obviously we watch Neville grow and you took, you, you had a raw piece of clay, incredibly athletic clay when he came in. His growth has been phenomenal and just really more than anything, Tibbs, truly learning the sport, right? Oh, yeah. You know, when, when I first got here in 2016 and, you know, we, we got into it, you know, I asked him to get into a stance. Uh, uh, he didn't know how to get into one. Like he was literally like, you know, staring at me like, in a, in, you, know, you know, so it was completely, I mean, he didn't know how to get in the stance. And, you know, you knew you had a big athletic guy, but but just knowledge of football, you know, that 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 lack. The adapt the, the adaptation that he's had, not just from understanding and learning the game, but then when he was challenged under Speed D to change his body, he just really appears to be one of the ultimate team guys. What's he like in the locker room and in the meeting rooms? Uh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was voted as a as a team captain by his peers, and uh, he's a leader. He, he's a guy that genuinely loves his uh, not only the players, the coaches. I mean, the support staff, you name it. Just a great individual guy that you you pull for because you seen him put in the work and, and and do everything right on and off the field and to enjoy the success that he's having now, man. I'm I'm just happy for him. As we count down to April 23rd and the first round of the start of the NFL draft, where did you maybe see him improve the most during his time here at Oklahoma? Uh, you know, off the field, I, I would say mentally, you know, he just grew. He grew as a man. Uh, you know, in between his head, because the talent has always been there. Uh, as a football player, just, you know, you look on tape, I thought he played faster this year. Um, and obviously that that was due to what we were asking him to do. Uh, but but he played faster this year. So uh, people got a chance to see that athletic ability that he possesses. Well, speaking of that athletic ability, it's pretty much off the charts for a guy in the interior. You know, we, we, we saw the 40 times. We've seen everything that he's done. Can you – I mean, there's – not necessarily a comparison coach, but from an athletic perspective, he's up there, isn't he? Oh, no doubt. You know, I've, I've gotten a chance to play with Tommy Harris and Gerald McCoy. And, um, you know, athletically, he's, he's just as good. You know, maybe, you know, he didn't have maybe the production or the instincts of those guys. But uh, athletic-wise, I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a freaky dude, you know. <laughs> from everything that we've read and everything that we've seen, um, you know, this is a guy that could end up going second round, maybe even late first. What do you, what do you want to see for him in a fit at the next level, Tibbs? Is there anything as far as scheme? Uh, I, I think, I think for him, if you let him go north and south, uh, you know, a whole game, you know, 30, 40 times, I, I think something good's going to happen. I think if in an ideal situation, uh, if you could, you know, if he could wind up in a four-three scheme that that allows him to attack and get vertical, uh, I think great things are going to happen for him and that team. I think. So, in this process, um, what, what's the conversations been like? Are you talking to teams? Is 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 he talking to you? What's that process been like for you? Uh yeah, uh, I think it's been pretty good. You know, he he's been communicating. We've been Facetiming a lot, uh, me and Mev a bunch, and he's kind of been sharing who's been calling him, which. I think the whole, you know, every team has probably called him. I think uh, I've been hearing from scouts and been hearing from D-line coaches, been hearing from, you know, different people in organizations. You know, I had to do a FaceTime uh, with, with one team to kind of 
coach, you know, explain to them what we were asking him to do. So, uh, you know, you could tell the interest is super strong, but, you know, my phone's been kind of busy also. So it's a well, good thing. Well, I'll get you off it with one more question. Nev the person, and I think that's something that as fans we don't always get to see, but can you take us through Nev the person, the guy who increased his leadership role and just all around, great teammate, good pupil too, right? Man, you you, you hit it right on the head. He's he's first class. I mean, he will give you the shirt off his back, and, you know, it, 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 it says a lot about a person, how he treats people that, you know, uh, uh, that necessarily don't have the same stature as him. I mean, um, you know, rather be the custodian, the people that cook his food. I mean, just – I would imagine it'd be hard to find someone that, that that doesn't have great things to say about him. He's a leader. You know, when he came in the room, when he comes in the room, you know, it's a it's an energy. You know, it's, it's you know, everybody's, you know, he can make anybody, he can put a smile on anybody's face. And, uh, you know, just that energy is contagious. You know, uh, he's an energy giver. And, um, you know, really, really, like like I said, he's, he's a better man. He's a better, better young man than he is a football player. Thanks so much for joining us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks to Dennis Simmons, Brian Odom, Roy Manning, Calvin Thibodeau. On Monday's podcast, we'll hear from, we hope, CeeDee Lamb and Kenneth Murray. I know K-9's for sure in. And then Jalen Hurts, Neville Gallimore. I hope Parnell Motley's in this mix as well, too. Even if he's picked up as an undrafted free agent, I really think P-Mott's got a great chance to make an NFL roster, as does Lee Morris. The draft starts with the second and third rounds tonight. And then four through seven on Saturday. Thanks for joining us for the recap of the first round. Great to hear from those coaches. Here's what's on tap on the Sooner Sports Podcast brought to you by Phillips 66. Live life to the full. We will have a huge recap of the draft on Monday. We're going to hear from Joe Castiglione as well, too. And T-Row, as I mentioned, hopefully K-9, Jalen Hurts, everyone will be on the show on Monday. And don't forget, the Sooner Classics this weekend shine the light on two NFL standouts. Actually, I guess as, as I rewatched that, about 20 NFL standouts, it seems, from the offenses that night. As Patrick Mahomes squares off against Heisman Trophy winner Baker Mayfield. It's Oklahoma and Texas Tech from 2016. Don't miss it. Available for download tomorrow afternoon. And you can hear it live on our partners. Franchise 107.7 FM tomorrow around noon, same time on Sports Talk 1400. So that's what's on tap presented by Philip 66. Everyone have a great and safe weekend. We're back with you with Toby and Josie on Monday and a complete recap of the entire NFL draft. Until then, boomer sooner, everybody. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.